Great Odin's Raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number 43. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing good. Doing good? I'm doing pretty good myself. This week we'll be reviewing Killing Them Softly. We'll also be highlighting spams on Blu-ray deals, we'll be making our weekly movie predictions, and we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. I'll start it off this week. Pretty pretty uh, decent week. I started off with Rise of the Guardians. This is the new DreamWorks animated flick. Um, not too good. Not too I was, good. I was going to say, based on the trailers, this movie looks terrible. You know, it's funny because I was actually interested in the movie because of the trailers. I thought that the animation looked really cool, and I thought that uh, the character of Sandy looked uh, funny. And he was my favorite character in the whole movie, the Sandman. He doesn't have any lines. He doesn't talk at all, but it's just he's just funny. I, I really liked him. But other than that, uh, pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill it's almost nonstop flying and chase scenes and like running and just, it's just nonstop. And it, the, the villain, I think he's voiced by Jude Law. It's, he's not interesting. He's the boogeyman. And, but it's funny because his name's Pitch, as in like Pitch Black. But yeah. with Alec Baldwin, his accent, it sounds like he calls him Bitch all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's not. It, unless you have little kids, they'll probably love it. But if you don't have kids, don't go see this. This isn't like a Pixar movie where you can go see it and enjoy it and be into it. It's yeah. pretty average on every level. There's a ton of plot holes in it, too. It's like ridiculous. Like questions like there's there's scenes where... There's a particular scene at the end, and I'm not giving a spoiler away or anything, but one of the characters uh, goes, oh, I know what we can do. And he disappears, and he comes back, and we never find out what he did. Like, it was ridiculous. (laughs) I'm also getting tired of the whole, with the animated movies, these family movies, where they have, like, the one little, like, the cute thing. Like the minions from Despicable oh, God, Me. Oh, yes. And with this movie, it's the elves. The elves. And they didn't... <sighs> that didn't bother me too much because they didn't really overdo that too much. Uh, they weren't that annoying, the elves. They were just kind of there. It wasn't... Yeah, but it, it seems like they only do it in the marketing and the advertising. Yes, exactly. And with Despicable Me, though, it looks uh, like that that is more about... And they're making a minion movie, so... yay. That was the thing that I really hated about Despicable Me. I cannot stand those things. Yes. And, and uh, I, think, I think that's Hollywood's way of saying we hate you as parents. The, the thing about the elves in this one, the they're not the ones who make the toys. <laughs> like, the elves are basically just these, like, retarded little creatures <laughs> that run around <laughs> everywhere. And it's uh, yetis that actually make the toys. And the yetis... The way that they were animated and the way that they talk was actually pretty cool. Like, I, I actually liked those a lot, too. Hmm. But as a whole, the movie is just barely average, barely watchable. Wow. 
Um, I also saw Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Finally got to see this. Yes, I want to see this as well. Very interesting. Uh, if you haven't heard of this, it's about uh, these <laughs> this crew that finds the real Santa Claus frozen in a block of ice. And the basically, he's not the jolly, lovable fellow that we all think he is. And people start dying. And uh, the elves are by far the most creepy part of this movie. And it's worth seeing just to, to see the elves. Because when you see them, it's nothing like what you would expect. And they're I did naked. Notice it. Yeah, I did notice in your letterbox review that there's a lot of elf penis. <laughs> there's a lot of penis in this movie. We should have gave this to Ryan. The thing that I really liked about this movie is the just the look of it. It looked awesome. The cinematography, everything, like the little village that they live in and stuff. It was just really, really cool. I wanted more. Like I, I was left wanting more. So I, I don't know if there's a, a sequel being planned or whatever, but the end was awesome. <laughs> How, uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but the ending was really good. So I, I recommend that solid Christmas movie. It's not... I mean, it is a horror movie, but it's got a lot of humor in it. It's kind of a horror comedy, I would I would say. Gotcha. Um, I saw 10 Years. This is the comedy with, uh, oh, God, it's got so many people in it. It's like one of those movies where the opening scene, they just keep throwing celebs at you, and you're just like, what, what, what? But uh, it's got, like, Channing Tatum, Rosario Dawson, Chris Pratt, Justin Long, Anthony Mackie. Lynn Collins, uh, Ron Livingston, Kate Mara. There's so many people in this movie. Good Lord. And it, it wasn't a good movie. It was not a good movie. Let's uh, get, get that, that out boy. there. Get that out there. But there was something about it. It made me feel very nostalgic. Maybe because it's their 10-year reunion and our 10-year reunion is this year. Yeah. And it, it was kind of... I don't know. It just made me feel very nostalgic. It wasn't necessarily funny. It was a little bit, uh, it was a little sappy at times, but the, the cast was really good. I, I, I like Justin Long. Uh, Chris Pratt is awesome. And again, solid performance by Channing Tatum. I don't know. For me, it's like a very light recommend. It's nothing, nothing special. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Like, you would probably find nothing. I will never <laughs> watch this. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm never going to watch this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's better than, like, an American Pie movie or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I like you said, the, the cast looks awesome. Yeah, and I it's like not... pretty much everyone in it. Just, it's not, there's yeah. not, like, a whole lot of lowbrow comedy. It's more, you know, conversation-based and dialogue-based. But it's still, it's just not very funny. So gotcha. if, if you're going to see a funny movie, <laughs> this isn't it. Um, I saw Pretty Sweet, which is the new girl uh, chocolate skate video. And the reason I saw this is because it's directed by Spike Jones, And it's awesome. I mean, it's they take the skate video and put it to a cinematic level. Yeah. And it looks 
amazing. Like the they do a lot of slow motion shots, a lot of really awesome camera tricks, and they do they do some CG type stuff to kind of um, give like the intros of all the skaters more flair. Uh, similar to what they did with Yeah Right, the other girl video. And if you're into skateboarding, check this out because you're never you're not gonna see a better quality skate video than this. Yeah. And it's got you remember Yeah Right had uh Owen Wilson in it. Uh mm-hmm. this one has a scene with Will Arnett and a scene with Jack Black. So it's uh-huh. probably worth it to check that out. And Jack Black does get naked in this. Well, why would they? <laughs> why would they? He gets naked and runs through a park. Sounds like classic black. <laughs> so, yeah, I would check that out if you're into skating. I mean, even if you're not, like, a diehard skate fan, it's it's still a fun video to watch. Or Naked Portly, man. Yes. If you're a fan of Naked Jack Black, check this out. Uh, and finally, I saw The Collection. This is the sequel to The Collector. Saw this uh, yesterday in the theater. I have a review up on the site. Wasn't as good as the first one. Um, it was kind of average, I guess. There, it was weird though because there were certain things that kind of elevated it to something unique and new, and then there were other things that happened in the movie that just brought it down. And I think that that that's kind of what <laughs> the same thing I'm going to say about killing them softly. For every thing that I liked, there was like one or two things that <clears throat> I didn't like about it. And in yeah. the end, I was kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Um, but this is, if it takes place directly after the events of the first film. Uh, if you're not familiar with the series, you're not alone. I don't think a lot of people are familiar with this series at all. In fact, I went to see this movie with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh, the first one was better. And she was like, oh, wait, this was the sequel? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we, we went to see this, the original one in the theater like two years ago. <laughs> she completely forgot about it. And then uh, our contributor, Todd, emailed me and he was like, hey, uh, I'm going to see the collection this week. Do you want me to review it? And I go, did you see the first one? He goes, oh, I didn't even know there was a first one. <laughs> so it's... Um, Similar to Saw, this this one, this, the second one is a, more similar to the Saw series than the first one, but it's different enough to be better than that. Okay. A lot of traps and things, but they're like conventional traps. They're not like these elaborate devices that he puts people in, like in Saw. It's more like... You know, he sets up bear traps down the hallway, or he hangs uh, razor blades from fishing line in a dark room. So he he's not the most creative man. Well, yeah, I mean, some of them he does have. He's a, just a fisher. One of the 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 opening scene of the film takes place in a nightclub, and he sets up this really elaborate uh, spinning spike thing. And it just mauls down an entire club of people. Wow. This movie is... The whole time I was watching that scene, I was thinking of the scene in um, Suicide Circle with the at the beginning where the kids jump in front of the train. It was mm-hmm. like that, where it was just like ungodly amounts of blood and guts and carnage. This gotcha. is a very gory movie. 
Uh, but it's done. It's done well. Like the the look of the film is good. Like it looks really good. The cinematography is actually really good. They do some really cool slow motion stuff in it. Um, so if you're into horror movies, I will. I would check it out. But I would also see the first one. Rent the first one first, so you can kind of see the setup, and then check this one out. Yeah, I so. think the main thing that we learned with this is there is a first one. Yes, this is a sequel. Uh, and that's all I got. Ah, oh, so it's my turn. I had a, I had a, you know, light week. I did a lot of TV watching this week. I caught a couple movies in here. First one I watched was Restless City, mm. which we talked about some podcast. One of those podcasts somewhere we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, this is by Andrew Dusunmu. Uh, and this is a, Fairly typical plot line. Uh, African immigrants living in New York City, trying to make it. Guy falls in love with a prostitute, and he has to deal with the pimp and everything. Um, So as far as plot line, story, all that, the acting's okay. I mean, you've seen this numerous times before. But the one thing that does elevate it is the cinematography, which is done by Bradford Young, who did um, Pariah, Middle of Nowhere. Um, I'm forgetting what other movies he did. But I have to say the movie looks amazing. Just the way that it is shot, it's just stunning the whole time. Yeah, it did look really good. I saw the trailers, and it looked really good. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing looking. So for me, that was the only thing that really kept me in, because I just wanted to see you know, what he was going to do next. Like I said, plot line, the acting and everything. I mean, you've seen this movie probably 20 times before. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really add anything to it. Except that they're African immigrants. So that's a little bit different. But the only it's a light recommendation only for the cinematography. If you don't really care about cin- cinematography, then wouldn't recommend it. Okay. But if you're into that, I think you'll highly enjoy it. Uh, the next one I watched was Daisies. Daisies. Now, Daisies. This is a Czech New Wave film. And one of the reasons I wanted to see this is because it showed up on the Sight and Sound Top 250 Movies of All Time. Mm-hmm. And when I read through the list, this was one of like probably like three or four movies on that list that I've never heard of in my life. So that automatically gets my attention. Because there's not too many movies that I haven't heard of, and especially to be considered one of the greatest films of all time, and I've never heard of it. So, got to check this out on Hulu. It was one of the free Criterion ones. And this is an experimental film. From the 60s, from 1966, it's like a, it's essentially a feminist movie. And it is a madcap farce. (laughs) There is pretty much no plot whatsoever it's just two young girls that decide in the very beginning of the film they talk about how the entire world is spoiled so they decide to be spoiled themselves so they essentially just go around giving the middle finger to society Hmm. which mostly involves them uh (laughs) tricking old men into buying them lots of food and taking them out to dinner and then just abandoning them because <laughs> they think, you know, the old man thinks he's going to get some sex. And that's the weird thing. It, uh, 
everything's like centered around food, which is slightly bizarre. I mean, they're really obsessed with food. There's like a huge food fight. Um, of course, they have a scene where in their apartment they're you know cutting up phallic foods like bananas and mm-hmm. sausages, and that's another thing. Like they have just like huge, like huge jars of pickles sitting around, which I, I found slightly odd. <laughs> but I mean, they do. The director does a ton of experimental stuff in this film, which was pretty interesting to see. A lot of you know different film stocks and slow motion and all, like all sorts of things. So it, it's I don't know if I can recommend it. I feel as though it's an important film because you know it's a feminist film from the '60s, while being from Czechoslovakia. But I, I don't know how many people are going to like it. And then one other film besides Killing Them Softly that I saw was The Most Dangerous Game from 1932. I have the classic. To, I have to ask, which is better, Most Dangerous Game or Surviving the Game with Rutger Hauer and Ice T? Uh, I don't remember much from the Ice T one. I, <laughs> they're probably tied. Well, Busey's in the Ice T one too, so. Well, then Busey probably <laughs> elevates it above this one. I mean, this is pretty crazy for the 30s. You know, a story about some crazy dude hunting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one thing I loved about it, it's, it's short, 63 minutes. So they just get going and just go with it until it's over. But it is laughable. The acting is so bad. I'm sure some people will be like, well, it's the 30s. Well, people still know how to, how to act back then. Yeah. Just, like, terrible line delivery and just, I mean, extremely campy acting. Especially uh, Leslie Banks, who plays Zaroff, who, like, owns the mansion and he's the guy that hunts the people. Uh, his character is ridiculous. But there is, there's some, like, extremely nice set pieces, like the jungle and the swamp that, you know, the people had to survive. But very early on, the way that he gets his prey is... He moved the markers in the canal, so any ship that comes through there, it it sinks. Mm. And then if they, but it's in the most shark-infested waters man has ever known. So you know, a ship will wreck, and like two survivors will make it to shore. And then he hunts those two. And the ship that sinks in the beginning that has the main character on, um, they're in the water, and the one guy's. Like, they show a picture, or they show a shot of the shark swimming around underwater, and then it cuts to the guy, you know, doggy paddling in the water, and he just goes, ah, it got me, and he goes underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) So then it cuts to the captain and the main character, who's, you know, like this huge, avid, big game hunter, and he's supposed to be like the greatest hunter in the world. They're right beside each other holding on to, like, a door. <laughs> the captain just goes, ah, it got me. And he goes under the water. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Oh. So, there's, like, the most anticlimactic, <laughs> laziest shark attack <laughs> you've ever seen. Oh, that's what I'm gonna say if a shark gets me. I'm just gonna announce ah. it to the world. <laughs> ah, it got oh, me. it got me. <laughs> oh, goodbye, world. <laughs> It just—it's funny that 
you know, they're shooting it and no one thought to themselves like, you know, it, pr- it would probably hurt like hell to be attacked by a shark. So maybe you should scream and not just say like very lazily. Ah, oh, got me. Oh, no. Oh, that's good. I'm going to see this just for, I mean, I've never, this is one of these movies that's probably should be on my list of shame because I never saw it. But Well, it's, it's one of the uh, free movies that you can watch on Hulu right now. Which is actually really great. Uh, their theme this week is short and sweet, so mm. it's all semi-short sh- sh- uh, movies, okay. which is great. Right up my alley. One other thing, just real quick: fight scenes back then. What the fuck? <laughs> like, did they really fight that way back then, or did they just not know how to? Chore- like, I can understand the choreography for fight scenes wasn't up to par. But you would think someone would at least just stop him real quick and be like, whoa, 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 that's not how you throw a punch. No one ever throws a punch that way. Or did they really fight that way? I have no idea. But I know like, exactly it, what you're talking about. Yeah. It, at the end of this movie, there's a big climatic fight scene with all the... And they essentially just run at each other full steam. And just they look like they're having seizures just really close to each other. Or fighting off invisible bees. <laughs> it's just it's so ridiculous looking and it's either that or they do the other way where it's extremely slow telegraphed punches mm-hmm. that you see coming from a mile away <laughs> like where they you know take their arm back way too far yeah exactly to throw a punch the haymaker the old haymaker. yeah <laughs> slow <laughs> <And haymaker. it's, laughs> why the other guy just stands there like i wonder what he's doing <laughs> oh man it just i I've never understood that i do, I don't get it i just I wonder if they really fought that way back then, maybe I don't know. I'll ask my grandma <laughs> <laughs> it just like run and like hug each other, sort of, but like flailing their arms around. It's very odd, it's but that was it. It was good times. It made me laugh at a lot of spots. So you had uh, some news that you wanted to go over before we talk about some Amazon deals? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, the last podcast we talked about the top 10 of 2012 list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. came out that was ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had another one that came out, which is the Sight and Sound top 10 of 2012, which is much better. Much, much better. So, and number one on the Sight and Sound list is the master hmm. and then it's rounded out by a movie that i've heard a little about and i can't even really remember it but uh taboo by miguel gomez came in at number two so i'm now automatically interested in that film but we got amore holy motors beast of the southern wild which is tied with uh barbarian sound studio and then moonrise kingdom beyond the hills cosmopolis once Upon a Time in Anatolia, and the Iranian film, this is not a film. That's, 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 a, that's really, a pretty solid list. It is, but there's a couple, like, this is not a film. I didn't hear very good things about that. And same yeah. with, uh, well, Barbarian Sounds, what is it? Sound Studio. Sound Studio. Yeah. That one I was really interested to see. I'm still very interested in seeing that one, but that same one here. got kind of mixed reviews, too. Well, something sounds all about it. It's interesting. Hmm. Uh, we'll put a link to that uh, full list in the show notes so you can check those out. Or maybe we'll just... Nah, we'll put a link. That'll be easier. 
Plus, also, I don't know if you noticed that Amore sweeped the European Film Awards. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I saw that. So, I'm anxious to check it out, but I really have a feeling, strong feeling, that I'm not going to be that into that movie. I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. it. Like we talked about before, he seems to be making better films now. Yeah. Like, to me, they keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And this just looks like it has amazing acting in it. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm, we'll I'm see. ready for it. We'll see. Uh, while we're doing news, I just want to give a quick plug. Every week we do a segment uh, on the site called Kickstart Sunday where we feature a Kickstarter project that uh, we at Film Pulse back and we try to promote it so that you, the listener or the reader, can back it as well because we feel strongly about it and we pick a new movie every week uh we only do right now at least we're only doing feature films either documentaries or narrative features uh no web series or short films um sorry but (laughs) i just wanted to it's a short film on your own come on because i haven't i haven't mentioned it all on the podcast and i just felt like i should do that uh we've been doing it for oh i don't know maybe eight weeks or so and all but one of the projects that we uh highlighted got funded so oh which one didn't uh, the helen keller versus night wolves oh are you kidding me it's it's uh actually still on but they have a long way to go they're never gonna make it Uh. ah but this week we're highlighting a movie called uh, A Dog Named Gucci, which is a documentary about this guy who uh, f- was sitting out on his front porch and heard this uh, dog like screaming and yelping and found this gang of people uh, lighting the dog on fire. And he basically saved society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He basically saved the dog's life, and it's kind of a documentary not only about how he developed this bond with this dog that he rescued, but also uh, then set out to change abuse laws in uh, the state that he was in. I think it was Alabama, Um, but just a great project, so you can go to our site and read more about it, and uh, just check back every Sunday. We do a new project, and we fund it ourselves with uh, the few shekels that we can spare. <laughs> but uh, if you if you see a project you like on our site and you donate, let us know. We'll give you a shout out on the show, and you know, thank you for your support. So uh, let's go to some Amazon deals to get these incredible deals. Just go to our site at filmpulse.net. And click on the banner on the right side, or you can just click on the provided links in the show notes. First up, we have The Dark Knight Rises. This is a pre-order. It's not out yet. It comes out on Tuesday. $18.99, Blu-ray, Dark Knight Rises. Wow. Yeah, I know, that'll probably go up after it actually comes out, so you might want to pre-order it now. Uh, then we have The Home Alone Collection. This is Home Alone 1 and 2. <laughs> None of those... Garbage straight to video home alone's. This is only thirteen ninety nine, and then we have the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise six ninety nine. Oh, that's a terrible movie. I liked I liked the Last Samurai actually. Not, 
thought See, it was terrible. I thought I was thinking it was going to be terrible, but I actually uh, liked it quite a bit. So, all right, let's uh, jump right into it. This week we're going to be talking about Killing Them Softly. This is written and directed by Andrew Dominic. Stars Brad Pitt, Ray Liotta, Richard Jenkins, Scoot McNary, uh, James Gandolfini. Uh, that's pretty much the major players. Uh, let me read the synopsis here. Jackie Coggan is an enforcer hired to restore order after three dumb guys rob a... <laughs> <laughs> rob a mob protected card game causing the local crime economy to collapse uh this now you're working on a review for this on the site now by the time this airs that yeah it'll, that be, be, it'll be out yeah it'll be out um i guess i will start off by saying this was kind of a mixed bag for me there were like i said earlier with the collection there were certain things that i really liked about this movie but there were other things that I was just like, what? <laughs> like, there were a lot of questions I had. There were certain things that I felt didn't fit and felt unnecessary. Uh, so I guess we'll just we'll just start off with those. Uh, <laughs> first, first off, I read that this was cut. This movie was cut down in length. And I oh, think that, that maybe that explains a lot. Maybe that had something to do with it. But this movie felt very short, and it's only ninety-seven minutes. It felt like it was an incomplete film to me. Oh, oh, <laughs> without a doubt, there was. Yeah, I mean, oh my! When we walked out of this film, I told my wife that it felt like I either walked in halfway through the movie and sat down in my seat, or I walked out halfway through the movie. Yeah, it just it felt like there was missing bits because they're talking about characters that we haven't seen, we don't know, and I just I don't know. It just felt like half a movie to me. And uh, yeah, I was a little bit confused because <laughs> looking on IMDb and like the message boards and stuff, there's people talking about you know when Brad Pitt kills Gandolfini and all this other stuff, and I'm like, none of that happened. Yeah, it's I there's a lot missing and uh bringing up the Gandolfini bit. I felt like he Jesus. was complete it, him being in the movie was not necessary. At least in the movie that I saw in the theater, there was no point for him yeah. to even be in it because he didn't do anything. It was just there was two two overly long scenes oh. of him talking with Brad Pitt that were completely inconsequential to the film. Yeah. There was Oh, I I felt exactly like Brad Pitt in both of those scenes. We were just like Gandolfini, shut up. Shut your face. But I just and, like may and I'm sure maybe this has something to do with it being cut, but I didn't understand if you took him out, what would be lost in that? You know what I mean? Like what was he contributing to the story? Nothing. The only thing that he contributed is is that Brad Pitt knew that they were offered that they were giving him fifteen thousand dollars for one hit, you know, at the end where mm. he's talking about how much he's supposed to be getting paid. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the only thing really. And plus the reason that they bring Gandolfini in in the first place is because Brad Pitt says he can't kill this one guy because he knows this guy. 
so that he yeah. needs to bring somebody else in, and then he just <laughs> ends up doing it anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, what's the point of that? And I'm really trying. I don't want to give anything away because I think we. I don't know if we need to go into a spoiler section with this, but um, I'm going to really try to avoid talking about any key plot points that happen. Um, well, I did. For me, when they finally got rid of Gandolfini, they got his character out of there. Like I said, I felt like Brad Pitt where I'm like, oh, good. Finally, we got rid of this guy. He wasn't doing anything. But then I realized to myself, I'm like, shit, we wasted all that time with Gandolfini. Right. The movie's almost over. Right. Why did we do this? Yeah, exactly. And it's like... Which I do see that as sort of like... Which is another thing that I really didn't like about this film is the strained, almost labored correlation that they were trying to make with the you know criminal underworld with the American economy and the government. Oh my God. It was... <laughs> at first, I thought it was cool. But then when they kept doing it throughout the entire movie, I was just like, all right, come on. Yeah. Give me a – let's I, – I get it. I get, Tone it down. I get what you're saying here. Let's – you know, I need some reprieve from this because it was like every, almost every scene they – Always. Like every scene. They included either a radio broadcast or a TV broadcast in the background of um, some sort of news thing or the president or – Somebody talking about the economy, and it was so overt that yes, the connection is ridiculous. Now, I mean, I do see, uh, you know, going back to why did they have Gandolfini there? I see that correlation where, you know, Brad Pitt's trying to tell him that this needs to be, you know, a couple of things don't need to be done because they're a waste of time, and you know, they're sort of wasteful with the way they do things and where they spend their money, and trying to make that correlation with the government. So, I mean, I get that, but it just seemed like they spent way too much time on that. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, the, the, having CNN on and the talk radio, I'm supposed to believe that low-level criminals are driving <laughs> around listening to talk radio all day? Yeah, dude. Uh, little, like, drug addicts and low-level mob guys love NPR. They're all about it, man. Uh, all about that talk radio. Um, I do want to highlight some things that I did like about this movie because thus far I've pretty much only said negative things and I didn't hate the movie. I didn't really dislike the movie. Um, yeah, just There was so much more potential. Exactly. And and the thing is you can see that potential in the movie. Yes. The, the, the other thing I liked in it too is I felt like I was an investor or a producer for this movie and Andrew Dominic came and showed this to me and he was like, hey, this is what we have so far. Yeah, we a, need more funding. It's a sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah, for me, I just being a dumbass, I forgot to write a check for him. So they just released it anyways. Um, That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. But the thing is, this is a great looking movie. At least I considered it to be amazing looking. I love the cinematography. The uh, opening credits I thought were awesome. Oh, that was, I loved that. And that got me so amped up, and the the ice scene, yes, was so tense. tense. I was like, "Oh, this is going to mm-hmm. be great." Yep, I loved that. I loved the uh, like the the tracking shot that they did when they they were leaving the heist, when the cameras in front of uh, Scoot McNary and just following mm-hmm. him out of there. I loved that shot. Um, the all the slow motion stuff I thought was awesome looking. Loved it. One of the little yeah. things that I liked, uh, 
I don't know if you caught it, but they did something with the camera where they put it like on the door of the car. Yes, I loved that. I th- that was just so awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I loved that so much, but I was like, that is fucking really cool. I did. I loved that, and there's a scene where uh, Ray Liotta's character is taken out by two, uh, you know, oh yeah, low, low level gangsters. Where they, you know they rough him up a bit in the rain. Just the entire way that that was shot. Yeah, it was amazing. Was yeah, I absolutely loved it. And um, so I loved I loved the look of the movie. I loved the cinematography. I thought was excellent. The performances I thought were great, and I would say if if it weren't for these performances and the actors that were cast in this movie, I, it would be almost unwatchable to me. Yeah, yeah. The the cast is really what puts this over the over the top for me. Um, Brad Pitt was awesome as always, uh, but I think Scoot McNary. Yeah, he uh, he's winning me over. Okay. Now I did read a lot of people saying that he was annoying as shit, which I didn't think. To me, he was the only one that really brought a performance that was memorable. I think for me, Brad Pitt, it was a good performance, but I've, I've seen Brad Pitt do this how many times now? Well, yeah, that, you I mean, know what I mean. That's the thing about they're just they're just putting in like their professional performances that they always give him, Richard Jenkins, Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. These guys do this all the time. Yeah, and Ray Liotta too. Yeah. But Scoot McNary was the only one that, like, stood out to me. That I was like, oh, okay, this guy's... I mean, I trashed him for monsters, but this and Argo now? Yeah, I mean, the the scene when he first met Jackie, Brad Pitt's character, in the bar, uh, <laughs> that was really... That, that really kind of showcased his acting abilities because you could just see the fear mounting on his face as they were sitting there. Yes. Uh, the other thing that I really liked, maybe it was, I don't know if it was just my theater, but the sound in this movie was so uh, precise and uh, like, it was like heightened almost. Like you could hear everything in this movie. Yeah. Yes. And especially in the that fight scene that we were talking about. Well, I don't know if it's really a fight scene. It's just more of two people <laughs> beating the shit out of Ray Liotta. But just every punch that was landed just sounded so crisp. Yeah, I mean, just excellent sound editing in this in this movie too. Which was a tad ridiculous cuz the the guy that was beating him up was like some little guy. <laughs> you know, it's like these bone crushing punches. I'm just like from that guy? Are you sure? Well, I mean, that's, that's what he does, I guess. He's like an enforcer or whatever, so True. And Ray Rayleigh is kind of a Ray Liotta is kind of a lightweight in this movie. He's he's a bit weak. I mean, we're not he's, we're not talking Goodfellas Ray Liotta here. No, he he cries like a baby. Yeah, when he gets. Beat oh, up. I felt so bad for him though. I really did because eh. you know. Um. So yeah, basically every every good thing about the movie, everything about the movie is good except for the actual plot. I think and how it's put together. Well, to me, and this is what me and my wife said afterwards, we were just like, what was the point? What was, what was the point of this? Yeah, I mean, like... There's just, there was no depth to it. If you think about it, very little happened in this movie. Yeah. Like, very little. 
the the trailer is what happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. I was thinking when I when I first saw the trailer, I was thinking, "Oh, that sounds awesome! I love these kinds of movies." There's going to be probably all kinds of twists and turns and double crosses, but none of that no, it, really happens. <laughs> it, it plays out exactly the way you would think yep, it would play it, out. They play it out straight, and you know they put everything on the table. They don't hide anything. There's no uh, crazy, you know, alliances and double crosses. None of that. No. And the only it seems like they spent way too much time on like certain scenes. They're just dragged out for entirely too long. Like uh, the scene with Scoop McNary and Ben Mendelsohn talking together after Ben's right, character, yeah. Russell does some heroin. Right. Like, yeah, I like the way that you did that and shot with him coming in and out of his heroin haze or whatever. But I don't know if you had to do it that long. Exactly. I, I feel like, this movie is just full of kind of squandered opportunities. And then the whole, um, there's a scene where a certain someone is taken out and that scene just goes on forever. It's nice slow motion at first, mm-hmm. but then it's slow motion for like the next like eight minutes <laughs> where you're just like, okay, I, I get it. I get it. Let's I, move on from here. I thought the slow motion was amazing looking though i was i did really... too I, I didn't mind it anywhere except that scene right it yeah. just it seemed to go on a bit too far where i was like yeah I, I got it and then to have one car hit and then another car hit and it's like okay okay <laughs> can we move on can we stop you know jerking off to your slow motion well i think that it, it's a really hard movie because I wanted it to be good, and I was like, and there were so many things about it that I was just like, this is this is excellent, excellent filmmaking. But then there were just the you know those things that we mentioned that just bring it down, and and when that happens in a movie, it's uh, it's more upsetting to me when that happens in a movie like this than a movie that's just you know Sh- shitty. Yeah. This movie could have been awesome. This movie could have been you know a Academy Award worthy but it just completely faltered now is this is this based on a book is this based on a yes novel? this is uh george v higgins he also wrote another movie that i've seen which i would suggest to see instead of killing them softly because it's done much much better which is called the friends of eddie Coyle with robert mitchum peter boyle uh it's directed by peter yates which you right, might remember as the director of Crawl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1983's Crawl. Well, 10 years earlier, he did The Friends of Eddie Coyle, which is a really good um, criminal movie. Okay. Uh, he also directed Bullet with Steve McQueen. Classic. Yeah. So I would suggest that instead of killing them softly. I mean, I would... Uh, with with a movie like this, I'm uh, I'm feeling almost compelled to check out the book and see what what is missing because something just something just doesn't add up with this movie to me something happened somewhere yeah i think something happened in the editing room i really do yeah i'm sure we might hear about it later down the road you know what i mean yeah when they, when they sort of start coming out with the behind the scenes like oh we had this this and this and it got cut out and yeah, so I I am interested in seeing, and you know, it's not completely unfathomable that a movie comes out, 
a theatrical cut of a movie comes out and then a director's cut later comes out and it turns a movie that's average or maybe even below average into something that's great. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people regard the the Blade Runner director's cut as like the the good version. So, I'm anxious to see if they do something like that with this. I mean, I don't know yeah. if they will, but it's it's just a shame. I just it's a sad day. It just it it seems odd to me that they would do that for a film like this where it's not it's not necessarily like a big budget. Right, exactly. Like Hollywood I, I don't know. I mean, it felt but it felt like it, it could Why mess with it? I feel like it could have been this year's drive. I think that it had the potential to be on that level, but the uh, the stuff, the the political stuff, and the you know plot threads that didn't go anywhere and were unnecessary, and they're constantly talking about Dylan. Where's Dylan at? You know, he's dead. (laughs) We don't see him. You see him once, yeah, and that's him saying, "Let's go get a beer." I just, I don't know. Um, all right. Let's, disappointing. Let's just very disappointing. I'm going to give uh, Killing Them Softly out of 10. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. That, that's what I gave it. 6 out of 10. It's just, uh, I really, I was really hoping for more. And, it, and it's like it almost delivered. There were so many things that were cool about this movie. It's close, I, and I, so I close. would, I would still recommend going to see it, just from uh, like a visual standpoint. Like it's a cool looking movie. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, man, I can't wait to see the finished product. That was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, that was the movie. Oh, never mind. That. I think that I think terrible. that that's what a lot of people are kind of saying about it, but. Critics, critics are liking it. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of those. Maybe they, maybe they got to see the full. Well, that's what I'm. Si- that's what I'm know. thinking. Like maybe some of those reviews. I know that this played some festivals, and I don't know if there was uh, some editing done since then or what. But maybe that's what happened. Something had to happen. Yeah. So there you have it. Killing them softly. Uh, uh, maybe go see yeah. it. Wait for DVD. I would say go see it, but just don't expect a lot in the story department. Um, just as long as you just go see it for face value. Again, yeah, it's sort of like the Restless City. If you like, if you're really into cinematography, go see it. Yeah, um, you, you'll enjoy it. All right, let's move on and go over our predictions. Uh, we said these are Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh, Killing them softly. You said eighty nine. I said. 87 actual 79 uh the collection you said 60 i said 42 actual 44 why the hell did i say 60 uh, i don't know i thought that that was odd but it's ridiculous you never know with some of those horror movies you never really know uh for instance silent yeah. night you said 30 i said 20 actual 57 Shut the hell up. <laughs> I mean, Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. So you never really do know. I'll probably be seeing that this week. Um, next week, we have a uh, pretty 
boring week. Hyde Park on Hudson. This is the Bill Murray film. This has me pissed off. I have I have zero interest in this. I have zero interest in it. And also, the movie theater that I go to is getting this film, but not getting Silver Linings Playbook. When they were originally were getting it, and then they got rid of it. But they're getting this mm. instead. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Um, say like a 68. I'm going to say, uh, oh man, I have no idea. I really have no idea. I'll say 62. Uh, then we have playing for keeps. This is uh, I think it's like a romantic comedy, right? Yes. <laughs> they're all, they're also getting this movie and not silver Linings. I think, uh, was it Gerard Butler's in this one? Is that who that is? Yeah, he is. Is, is Dennis Quaid also in this? I don't know. I don't know who the hell is in this. No, anyway, Gerard Butler. I don't care. I uh, wish it didn't exist. I'm going to say 42 on that one. 42. Oh, I'm going to go with like a 30. Hmm. Not, not thinking the play for keeps no. is going to be too good. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, and then finally, we have the Fitzgerald family Christmas. Oh, there we go. Now we're talking. This is the new uh, Edward Burns film. Now, I, I take it you're not a big fan of Ed Burns films. I'm, eh, nah. I, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm not really. I don't really have an opinion on... some. I haven't seen a lot of them, but uh, there were a couple. What was the one he did? Was it the, the Brothers McMullen or something like that? Yeah, that was his first film. That was good. Yeah, I, don't, I remember liking that a little bit. Uh, I like Ed Burns. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Uh, what do you think on this one? Um, like a 58. I'll say 60. That's what I was thinking that. I was thinking 60. Usually, I, I, th- I think too. usually his stuff is is pretty um, pretty good. So, I don't, I don't know. We will see. Uh, and then we have uh, some DVD and Blu-ray releases. We're actually getting some things here. Oh, this is a, yeah, this is going to be a pretty big week, actually. I guess yeah, the last couple of weeks have been terrible. Yeah, I guess they were saving saving it up for the holidays. I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, these releases are for Tuesday, December third, two thousand twelve. Well, first up, we have Beasts of the Southern Wild. December December fourth. Oh, I'm sorry. December fourth. December fourth. Uh, first up, we have Beasts of the Southern Wild. Very excited for this one. Get it. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray. Get it. Getting it on Blue. Uh, I think it was, there was a couple websites that were posting some of the special features on the, already online. A lot mm-hmm. of uh, deleted scenes and stuff. So nice. Very excited for that. Awesome. Then we have The Dark Knight Rises. Nice. Another big one. Uh, we have Hope Springs. Yep. Huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the odd life of Timothy Green. Huge. Sure. Uh Silent Night, which we mentioned before. <laughs> did a did a one week run in theaters. Nice. <laughs> and immediately comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. And then we have VHS. Which, by the way, have you seen they they already announced the sequel for that's gonna be playing at Sundance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they knocked that out quick. Yeah, they knocked that out really quick. 
They didn't waste any time. No, they didn't. I, I was when when I saw that, I was like, "What?" Because they they released a still image from it, and then like two days later, they were like, "SVHS announced for Sundance 2013." So I was like, "What?" I wish I wish that they would instead of VHS, they called it Laserdisc. That'd be awesome. And it was like a Laserdisc collection, Be- Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'd be fun. Just to go through everything. Well, I'm interested in the. I, I, I'm still saying that I like the first one, uh, but the sequel looks like it could be pretty cool too. I, I'm really interested to see the Gareth Evans short, the guy that did the raid. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in that, and I saw some more stills. They came out with like three or four stills, and they they look like they could be kind of cool. So I'll be checking that one out. Checking it out. Uh, that's all I have. <laughs> For DVDs, uh, I have a couple. I noticed on here that Alps is coming out. Oh, okay. Which is a light recommend recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I'm very interested in, in which you saw, is the Ai Weiwei Never Sorry documentary. Very good. About the Chinese dissident artist. Definitely want to check that one out. And then two Criterions. We have the Blu-ray, which this has to be like I don't know their sixth or seventh putting out of this damn movie which is terry gilliam's brazil <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've released this thing i don't know how many times i remember but it is now out on blu-ray i remember it came in that really cool um the huge like the that huge big box, box set. yeah this and i mean just brimming with special features which were probably on all the other ones but now just in blu-ray format um and then the only other one is purple noon by Rene Clement, which is a French movie uh, from, I think, the eight or 60s, sorry. The adaptation of The Talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. Cool. With Alain Delon, who's a great French actor. I'll have to check that out. There you go. That's all I got. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. For, for maybe butter. Uh, butter? No. I, I saw that. <laughs> I'm not even mentioning that. Uh, for all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. We want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at feedback at filmpulse.net or call our voicemail line at 850-391-6071. Also, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I am Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie. We have him watch Surviving Christmas. The hairs on your arm will stand up At the terror in each sip and in each sup Will you partake of that last offered cup Or disappear into the potter's ground When the man comes around Like, I might see myself in Bradley Cooper so much that that's it.